Cassie and Henry. Hello, welcome, welcome to Butler's, Butler's Podcast. Podcast. On this episode, we're going to discuss Chablis because it's a well-known name. Um, it's a, a wine that people recognise, but might need some explaining if you don't know what Chablis is all about. And also, just as an aside, we do get an awful lot of customers coming into our shops who claim that they hate Chardonnay and dismiss any Chardonnay wines, but they love Chablis. Okay, so why we, is this a problem? This is a problem because legally, Chablis has to be made from 100% Chardonnay grapes. Those are the rules. They are the rules by law. Okay, so where do you want to start with Chablis? So can you, first of all, let's tell us what is Chablis? Chablis is a place. So the wines are named after the place that they come from. And it's one of the more northerly regions in France called Chablis. Whereabouts in France? It's in between... Uh, it's the northernmost area of Burgundy, 60 miles sort of from the, the heart of Burgundy, and it's heading towards southern Champagne, and it's not that far away from Sancerre and Puyfumé. That'd be a nice little wine trip. And Paris. Oh. Yeah, I suggested that Paris. to a friend. You go to, go to Sancerre, do a bit of Puyfumé, drive across to Chablis and uh, Champagne, little dinner in Paris, go home. Boom. Anyway, as a, that's an aside. Mm. So, uh, Chablis, it's a cooler climate. Is that correct, Butler? Yes, because it's northerly, so Champagne is northerly, and that makes uh, struggles to ripen grapes. Um, they're quite high in acid, and Alsace is fairly northerly, but that gets as more of a sun trap. So where Burgundy is, or where Chablis is, um, because there's not much sun, there's enough, it tends to make wines that are low in the big in your face fruit they're a bit more elegant and restrained and have good high acidity but balancing acidity and the alcohols are not too high because the sugars are not too high in the grapes so they don't get turned into big blockbuster wines so they're fresher more acidic chardonnays than you'd find in hotter climates they are, and uh, it is a problematical region while we're talking about the weather because it's an area that is prone to frost damage. So they have to invest a lot in burners um, in the vineyards because the frost, they can get it till quite late on into, into May or June sometimes. And it's also a hot spot for hailstorms. So hailstorms can damage the, a major proportion of the harvest three out of 10 years. So the weather is, is very tough, and uh, which makes us appreciate the wines even more, I would say. Okay, because we had a bit of a gap in our Chablis stocks for a while. That's yes. because of frost. And, and some hail as well. And the, the, the weather was so bad, it reduced the, the um, crops massively. So that's fewer bottles to sell. Then the prices go up as well because there's less of it. What was produced was really good quality. Um, but it just doesn't last very long. So it's hard to put it on the restaurant wine list who want continuity for six months to a year because you know, we get sort of five dozen of something and that's it for the year. Um, so it's, it's been tricky recently, yeah. And Shabby, it's a dry white wine. It's always fermented dry. Yes. Um, and some would say that it's the probably the best example of Chardonnay grape. Some would say that, yes, because it's... Um, more about an expression of the soil and the area that it comes from. They, the way that they make it, they tend not to mess around with it. So they would age it and ferment it in uh, stainless steel, typically. So and not really dick around with it. They just want to produce a wine that is um, hands off 
and that results in a very elegant style. So they're not oak-aging it. They're I was going to say, it's shabby ever oaked. Sometimes, with some producers, it tends only to be on the Premier Cruise and the Grand Cruise, which are a richer style of wine, but it's still only a very small proportion. So they might ferment their wine in old oak, which doesn't necessarily impart oaky flavours. It just gives it more texture and richness. There's that handful of producers that do use a small amount of oak ageing to give a richer style, but that's very atypical. Okay. And what are the main differences between Chablis? Okay, so there's a hierarchy of um, different wines from Chablis. I must just say that you can get, there is a little bit of um, red, uh, which would be called Bourgogne Rouge. Okay, so which it, would, Noir. it wouldn't be called Chablis. So the Chablis legal system is set up only for white wines. So um, historically, people might have bought a load of Petit Chablis really cheaply at, the, at Calais on a, on a wine run. <laughs> Um, good luck with that. My dad. But that is, <laughs> that's the sort of the entry level type of Chablis. There are good examples and lots of sort of boring examples, but the soil is different on these, these designated areas for Petit Chablis. They're more of the Portlandian um, clay soil, whereas the better soil is the Kimmeridgian um, soil which is in, um, you find more in the Chablis designated part and the Premier Crew and the Grand Crew. And the, just the basic difference of that is Kimmeridgian soil is much older, much richer, much more complex, has more of the sort of oyster shells in there and it, it results in a more complex wine. So Petit Chablis is basic Chablis, very fruity, easy drinking. Chablis, the main one, is the sort of classic example. So Petit Chablis might be a tenner. Chablis probably starts at 15 quid. And that's more complex, more intense, more crispness. Then there are about 40 designated specific sites called Premier Crew sites. Um, and this is like... Uh, this would be like the Premier League, and they New football would come into it they somehow. Have, uh, again, a deeper <laughs> soil. They have to make their, they have to get their fruit riper by law, and they they reduce the yields as well by law. So it's basically made out of the better fruits in the better areas, and it's more concentrated. And they would be sort of twenty quid upwards. And then Grand Cru, there's one hillside with seven different vineyards on it, and that's your Champions League. And again, it's more exaggerated. And, and their wines that start at 25, 30 quid go upwards. And could they age longer than yeah, the others? Yeah, I, I think um, we've been told to be cautious with Chablis and drink it within one or two years. I, I disagree with that. And I can tell you that people are wrong because I've had loads of really old ones. And they, if you get the right producers, then they age really well. So Chablis... Let's say that age age is no problem for five years, in my opinion. Premier Crew, 10 years plus. Grand Crew, 15 years plus, if you keep the wines in the right conditions. So although you're paying more for the wines, they do offer you longevity, and those wines will develop and change over that period. So it makes them very interesting. And with regards to food pairings, because I was just thinking about the C word being Christmas, of course. Mm-hmm. I was thinking Chablis is a great aperitif wine. Yes. And can go with a lot of different types of food, I would say. Yes, what foods would you say, Cassie? I would think some fish and shellfish, for starters. Delicious. Lovely, lovely, lovely pairing. Oysters, maybe. Oysters could work. Oysters are Goat's lovely. Goat's cheese. Yeah. And some cheeses. Not yeah. that I can have cheese. 
Yeah. I also think it's a good aperitif yeah, wine. Yeah, good with cheese, actually. That's quite nice. Because sometimes you get the... It's a very saline style of wine, but sometimes you get sort of cheesy aromas with Chablis, I think. So mm. less of the fruit, more of the savoury flavours, which I particularly like. And obviously really good with turkey. If you, had a, if you had a Premier Cru or Grand Cru with a bit of richness, that would be delicious. With a big plump bird on the table. <laughs> you love it. Jobs are good. And... Yeah. <laughs> I must say as well, before we... we um, sort of wrap this up that the, it's quite difficult to buy Chablis because you just because it's named after the place it comes from you just see the word Chablis but obviously within Chablis there are loads of different producers who make Chablis some will make it just to get some money in some will make it because they're really into it and some sort of in between and so how do you how do you know buying? which is good yeah because there will be something on offer in Lidl for example for 12p or something um is that as good as something as 20 quid i'm sure everyone will come and tell us probably is um so my advice because you this is part of the problem where people don't know what the grape variety is for example because legally they're not allowed to put the grape variety on the label so all you get is the word shabli and the name of the producer so you taste a load of different wines from the region and stick with the ones where you like them so you might like Fornion, for example, or you might like um, Dovisat. But then you've got an added complexity that there might be several different Dovisats. So you need to pay attention, but then you can, you've got a reference point. So if you like that style, you can then look up, if I like Dovisat, who else is making Chablis like that? Okay. That was sage advice. That, that was, was good. good. Yeah. I switched off it for a little I bit. You <laughs> I got distracted. Cat, There's a cat knocking at the okay, door. Okay, so final question then, Mr. Butler. Which producers of Chablis do you favour best at the moment? I like um, Fevre, which we've got in at the moment, which is... Really uh, minerally. Yeah, really clean, nice zesty style. There are lots of different Fevres, so you, you've just got to be careful there, but you can all have your own favourites. Dovisat for something that's really super expensive. We only get offered a handful of bottles every year by luck. How many have we got left? Not telling. <laughs> and uh, I like Droin, D-R-O-I-N as well. That's a sort of a richer style. I, I like, I, I for myself, I think it's worth paying for a Premier Crew because yeah. you, for the little increase in money, you get much more complexity, much more concentration, much more going on. For me... If you're spending on a Grand Cru, you should buy it to keep it for five years at least before you start drinking it because they can be really tight and closed. Okay. And then you could come away thinking, oh, I've spent all this money on it and it's disappointing. But so we'll buy something with some bottle age on it already. Yeah, that would be a great idea. Which we have some in stock, I'm sure. Yeah, and we have magnums of Chablis too, of course. Well, that might be a Christmas drink then. I think it's got my name on it. Oh, my dad, he loves Chablis. Okay, we're rambling now. <laughs> so you're going to wrap it up, Classical. What are you going to say about Chablis? Why should people buy it? Because it's delicious. It's a great introduction to Chardonnay. So for all of those people who think they hate Chardonnay, Please try a Chablis because I can guarantee there will be one in there that you will think is delicious. Excellent. Thanks for coming. Bye. Bye. Drink responsibly. Toodle pip. <laughs>